0: TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com.
1: Hard try this one on for sides. Conduits of trouble time, which means it's Zolget and my buddy from the Star Tribune, sports columnist Chip Scoggins. Chipper, what's up on this Wednesday? How you doing?
0: A thunderstorm. <laughs> spring mm. arrived. A thunderstorm here. I heard thunder and rain. Yep. and I guess uh, i winter over.
1: I'll take it over a blizzard, Mister Scoggins. I will Heck take yeah. a
0: thunderstorm.
1: I will take Thanks. the the uh, the wet, dreary thunderstorm uh, ver- versus the March uh, tournament snowstorm that dumps yeah. you know twelve inches of the white stuff and then doesn't go away for three weeks. The
0: uh, the first thunderstorm is always kind of a. Uh, welcome sight, isn't it? I love it. So it feels like it's spring now. Yeah, because it purges, right? It cleanses. Yes. It yes. cleanses yeah, that it snows, gross uh, snow. Is, is March not... I was thinking about this yesterday, Judd. Yep. March is my favorite month of the year. Interesting. Because... Yeah, why? We're, it's, it feels like we're... I know we can still get snow. Yep. It, it typically melts, but it feels like... Cause you could have some spring days. It feels like spring. March madness spring training, Yep. the other sports are in high gear, state tournaments. I love the high school hockey state tournament. Um, Look at you. Basketball. You're one of us now. Look at you. I know. I know. I think last year is the first year I have not gone uh, since I've been here. But um, I think March is the best sports, uh, the best month in the sports calendar to me. What do you got?
1: Oh, boy. I mean, that's up there. Uh, okay, September maybe? September? I was going to say I really like October, baseball playoffs. Uh, okay, yeah. I, and I, I don't know why. I love the start of seasons. So like when hockey starts or baseball starts or basketball, yeah. I I just like the start, the freshness. Well, that's one
0: thing is September for football, the start of football. Yeah, that's true. Baseball heating up. That's true. But, yeah, October. But I, I, nothing to me – Something about March, man, my favorite favorite month. Well, I will say say this from a baseball standpoint,
1: and I gr- grew up with um, as a kid bad Twins teams, and you grew up with the Braves, which at the time were terrible, <laughs> really bad. Uh, yeah. th- there is something that no other sport can capture, and I don't know why, but it's just true when it comes to the feeling of baseball and hope. And I know it's cliched, yeah, but like there's but March and baseball, it is. I don't ever feel this way when hockey starts, for the most part, or basketball or football. There has always been that since you're a kid of it's March, it's spring training, and at least for right now, your team has
0: hope. Um, Yes, and if the Twins were awful, if they were picked the worst team, whatever, would you still say that? Or would you think, like, when the NBA starts, like the typical starts, we all say, "Yeah, this team sucks. They're not going to." <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> there's not- no hope. Not going to the playoffs. You yes. Know? I mean, everybody says that. Fans say that. You know, whether it's NFL, you know, hockey. If your team is terrible, you say that uh, they got no chance. The Twins have always, or since I've been here, they they haven't had that kind of feel, right? But if they were one of the worst teams, wouldn't you feel that way too?
1: Yeah. Well, and and I think we did in like 2013 and 14, right? Yeah, I guess. I, I, I just feel like baseball provides, as cliche as it sounds, I feel like baseball provides the, the when players are training, it provides a, a hope that, to circle back to your point, the Wolves don't report to camp and you're like,
0: oh, man, I wonder. You're like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah they're going to stink. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, no, you don't, you don't think that. No, you think it's over before it begins. Yeah, yeah you're like, you're tip right. the ball so they can lose. Maybe it is just because of the sport, and maybe it's because... I don't know. Maybe spring training has something to do with it. Yeah. Um, just the the leisurely pace of it, and I don't know. Maybe it's because we're emerging from the winter that you, you're you have some optimism and and your spirits are up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I I tend to agree with that.
1: The incredible thing, too, Chip, is that I believe this week essentially marks a year of the pandemic.
0: Think about that. Funny you mention that, Judd. You may read a column about that in the Star Tribune tomorrow. I did not know this. I will give you a sneak peek. Well, I like it. Um, one year ago tomorrow, March 11th, I'm bellied up to a bar at a hotel in Aruba during the middle of a Scoggins family spring break. Um, and that is when that is the one-year anniversary of when Rudy Gobert tested positive, and they, they shut down the Jazz-Oklahoma City game and later that night suspended – the NBA suspended the season. And I think that's the same night that that um, Tom Hanks came out and said that he had COVID. And yep. so March 11th is, I, I think, the 12th and 13th is when everything shut down. But March 11th is kind of the one-year anniversary of the start of the sports world shutting down because that's, I do think, when it happened to Rudy Gobert and the NBA shut down. I think that really got people's attention in a big way. Oh um, God, yeah, because there there were probably, if I remember correctly, what couple hundred cases in the United States at that point. Um and probably maybe, more maybe than more, we knew. Maybe yeah. more. I don't yeah, I don't know. But uh but until it was a sport or a celebrity. I remember Tom Hanks I think came out that night and said he had it. Um but it was when when the NBA shut down, I think a lot of us were like whoa, you know, this is this is a lot you know, a lot seriouser than we probably are, are bigger in scope than we thought. And then the next day is when I think the NCAA tournament canceled, Big Ten tournament canceled, you know, all the sports, uh, you know, every sport basically shut down the next two days. So, um, it's hard to believe it's been 365 days. Judge. I know <laughs> I'm with like you. 3 million
1: days Well, in, in some ways it's felt like five years. And in some ways it's felt like four months. Yeah.
0: What well, it is it? It does have this, I was, uh, cause I'm writing about it. Uh, I have a column later online, but, it feels like a fog, like a blur, a fog. You're like, what the hell just happened, you know, type thing. Um, and it's, it's funny just thinking, putting thoughts down, um, just about, uh, being a sports writer for a year. Um, and just kind of how I grappled with writing about sports and, you know, you know, I, I think I was one of the people banging the drums for f- sports to come back and it's, you know, something we need and all that. But within the context of, hey, man, people are still dying and the infection rates are still going up. And yep. it was a struggle. It was a hard year. Oh, for, absolutely. That, I mean, everybody had their own struggles. But, like, for me, just, like, the work relationship part of it, I mean, it was hard to try to navigate your thoughts and feelings clearly on that subject, you know.
1: Well, and I think the thing, too, is so I, I was in uh, Florida at Twin Spring Training. And I remember I watched uh, the wild, the last, the wild, the last game they played, I watched on my computer down there was against the Ducks in, in uh, California. And so I think that was the night, I think they were playing as the jazz game got canceled. And like, we didn't know much at all. Like we knew something was up, but you didn't know exactly what. And I remember going, I, I want to say before then, a few days before that, they had the twins had told reporters they could not go in the clubhouse and that they would bring guys outside the clubhouse. And, of course, there weren't masks and stuff. Uh, But then after that happened, um, I remember going to the ballpark the next day. And I want to say – so it was after the whole Gobert thing. Mm -hmm. And so the Twins, I believe that day, had played the Braves in a spring training game with fans. The next day they were supposed to play Baltimore in Fort Myers. And I remember being in the press box – and they were debating if the game was going to be played but then it sounds like baseball basically called the Orioles and said don't leave just stay just stay where where you train which is Sarasota and we're not going to play these games the incredible thing chip is you, like you knew this was huge right like you knew this yeah. was really big but in retrospect you had no idea what to expect there was no precedent at all and if i now yeah. And now when we reflect on the last year and you think about just from a sports standpoint, what we've been through in empty ballparks and stadiums and mm-hmm. arenas and, and Zoom calls and all of these things, I think if somebody had come to me that day and said, this is how it's going to go down, I would have said, what are you talking about? Like I couldn't yeah. get my head around it.
0: No, I mean, I was, I remember my wife and I were, Amy were sitting at the bar and they had the TVs on and it was, you know, showing all the Bear stuff and all that, and I remember saying to her, I was like, you know, this is bad. And I wonder how long this is going to last. Yep. (laughs) Never in a million years would I have thought we would be sitting here a year later still in it, you know, still uh, dealing with it, whether it's Zooms or no fans or or what have you. And, no, I mean, I put this like, think about like moments or events or whatever that we used to do before. Like let's say last January, or yep. what do we what do we say pre-pandemic? Mm-hmm. These are things pre-pandemic. So it's like our life has. There's a before and after that, and some of it's going to be permanent, right? I mean, yes. there's going to be permanent things with sports. I think that will have changed. Um, I hope we get back to in-person interviews, but I'm not going to be surprised if we don't with some sports. Well, yeah, um, I think some sports are going to say, you know what, we're sticking with Zoom, even though. If, even if everybody's vaccinated or whatever, we're sticking with Zoom. I'm not going to be surprised. It's not going to make me happy, but I'm not going to be surprised by it if that if that you know if some leagues choose to do that.
1: I think football has changed for ever now. I think that as far as as like access uh, that we used to have post practice to locker rooms and stuff. Mm-hmm. I think that is changing. I mean, because here's their thing: they don't really need us because they've got you know. A huge website. They've got partners. They've got, mm-hmm. um, they've basically have their own teams to put spins on things as far as writing staffs for things like Vikings.com. I do mm-hmm. think that some leagues need us more, football d- does not. But my real question is this, and this is one I have no idea because it has not started yet. How has the fan experience changed?
0: Well, Okay, so fans are going to start coming back in buildings. When, it, when do you think we'll be at a and I guess when everybody's vaccinated, yep. that, you know, U.S. Bank Stadium is going to be sold out? This year? I, I don't but know. But, I mean, are we still worried?
1: So are we concerned, though, that, that there's going to be, and I don't know this, are we concerned that there's going to be different variants of the viruses, though, that we have to guard well, against that, that can I'm, get around the vaccines? Like, there's so many things I have no yeah. clue about. and And a lot of people want to dismiss this and be like, no, it's fine. Masks are gone. I don't know that. I hope it's true,
0: but I don't know. Yeah. Even if we're fully vaccinated, I would bet some teams still say uh, make mask a requirement to be in there. Um, I don't know that, but I'm guessing there will be some that do, but you're right. I mean, you talk about these strains and um, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Is it ever going to get to a point where how we used to go to games where you just throw open the doors and everybody came in? Yeah, that's my um, question. Yeah, I I don't know. I, I think it's you know as as last year has shown us anything's possible, right? I right. mean, I, I could I could say no and I could say yes, um, and really have no clue what it's going to be. But I I have my doubts that we'll ever go back to how it was completely. Yeah, you know? and um, and Chip, the,
1: the second part of my question too is when. Like, our sports fans changed because a lot of people have taken pay cuts. A lot of people have lost jobs. This town here is not that big. Like, it's big, but it's not that big, right? Mm -hmm. And we have every professional sports. We've got a Division I program. We've got St. Thomas now, which I don't expect to draw a ton, but it is competitive possibly for the dollar at some point in time. Like, if you think about the amount of teams in this town to support and – and I, I know that there are probably a lot of high-income people in the Twin Cities, but that being said, I think there's going to be people that have to make, and companies too, not just uh, people that have to make decisions about how they choose to spend their their dollars, and that very much includes, as far as disposable income goes, sports.
0: Well, and, Judd, you even know uh, that the trend even before this was attendance was down and that teens in every market were really struggling to – um, you know, carve out their niche because I, I just think discretionary spending is is was probably down, and the price of tickets and just going to a game are so expensive that I think the days where you know a person could have season tickets to a couple teams, I'm not sure that that was really happening even before this, right? Yeah, not much. Now I'm sure there's probably some, but and companies, um, you know, are companies going to be able to get two luxury suites that you know? Or get luxury suites at two different teams. I don't know. They, they may have to be pick or choose now. And so I, I know, like the Gophers and Twins and everybody else. Um, I think there's a friendly relationship be- between all the teams, but I also think there's a competition for corporate dollars and and fan, you know, fan uh, tickets and stuff because it's um, it, it's just so expensive now. And so yeah, I, I would bet there's going to be some people that. Um, some fans, just their lives have changed. Whether they're they don't they don't have the same job or the, the money's not as you know, they're in a new job that doesn't pay as well or whatever that they're just not going to be able to go back to game. So it is going to be interesting when teams are allowed to have you know full capacity or whatever. Um, what those attendance figures look like, and there's probably some, Judd. Some people would be like, you know what? Even though we're passive and I'm vaccinated, I just don't feel safe being around people. Um, I'm sure gonna be. You're,
1: I think you're 1,000% I, I right. Per-
0: I don't know what the percentage on it is, but I guarantee there's going to be some people that say, I just don't want to be around big crowds anymore.
1: Yeah. And and plus two, I, I mean, a lot of folks, be- because of the pandemic and the quarantines, have probably found out they don't need to go out as much yeah. as they previously went out. I, I mean, I've been... Staying at home now, aside from going to games, basically, uh, mm-hmm. for a year now. And, and I mean, my fe- my feeling about, man, I'd like to go to the bar and watch three games has probably changed because you dropped 60 bucks. So, yeah, yeah there's, well, a, there's a lot of things at play here, potentially.
0: And the other thing is, I mean, if you look at um, – I, I do think uh, viewership is way down, um, in, in all sports, I just think people probably, when sports went away, I think people probably said, you know what? I found other things to do, <laughs> or maybe my passion is not like it used to be. Uh-huh. Um, and so I, I think probably TV, uh, audiences, um, you know, not having sports, I think people just found that they can find other hobbies. And so that's probably a small percentage, you know, cause I think most people came rushing back, but I'm sure there's some that just said, you know what? i just not as interested. As I used to be. Yep. Uh, so yeah, I, I think there's just, I, I think we're permanently changed, um, in, in, both small degrees and big degrees,
1: probably. Uh, uh, speaking of Chip Scoggins declining income, the National Football League finally announced its salary cap for <laughs> 2021. It's going from 198.2 million in 2020 down to because of the pandemic again 182.5, and, and I believe the Vikings right now that puts them with uh, with um, Bailey gone as well as Kyle 2.2 million dollars over the cap. What yeah. is your what is your expectation of what this team should do about that dilemma?
0: Yeah, well, two things. I think we said all along that because we knew it was going to drop that there's going to be veterans that get cut. There's going to be a lot of veterans out there on the street that that we're getting cut. Not necessarily because they can't play, but they're just they make too much money. The other thing is, I mean, teams have known this, this, they didn't know the exact number, but they probably had a pretty good yeah. idea. Agreed. It's going to be in the low 180, so it's you know, not like a huge surprise. They've probably been planning for this. But um, honestly, I think it's two guys. Um, I think it's Barr or Reef that you got to find the money at. Um, uh-huh. And I just don't like messing with the left tackle, man. And I know you probably have to – you probably want to try to convince him to, uh, you know, redo the deal, or maybe he gets more money up front that helps the cap or whatever, and you know, we'll see if he does that. But is I have to think Reefs more valuable than Barr at this point, right?
1: Yeah, but the savings on Reef if he's gone are substantially higher. That's the that's part of the problem. Well, that's well
0: that that's or the a, dilemma yeah, in the decision. Yeah. And, and, but, but I've had people, and I think I mentioned this last week, tell me how valuable was Barr is to, yep. in terms of setting the defense and just like he's a really smart player and calling it out. And so they felt like his absence was very pronounced last year. Uh-huh. Um, and I'm, I'm sure Zimmer feels that way too, but I, if you don't have reef, what do you do? I mean, you're talking about a, a, a line that was average. Probably they're average last year, right? I mean, the year before I would say below, far below average last year. Maybe average, I don't know. Uh-huh. Um, boy, you make that really weak, weaker if if, if he's not there. Um, but I don't know. I'm just going down the roster. I mean, Harrison Smith, you can probably negotiate right to a
1: restructure, yeah. Yeah, because he's got no guaranteed cash left. So in his case, he probably will be open to doing that. So I think that's I think that's one. So I'll throw this at you, and I'm curious what your thought is, because I'm I'm skittish, but I could see the Vikings exploring this path. If Reef says no, and I think if he gives you a flat no, there's a very difficult decision that has to be made. So if you go to him and say, We'll extend you for two years, but you have to um, give us some cap relief in 2021. And he says, buzz off. What would you think about the thought process of Brian O'Neill being moved from right to left tackle? Which I, I have concerns about, too. But th- it's a very Vikings-like idea. And I think they might yeah. have d- done it in 2020 if they had had off-season workouts.
0: Um, I guess I would have to listen to... You know, and they're the experts on that, that line coach, if they said, you know, hey, it's not that big a deal, we we think he can transfer, or if they say, you know what, his skill set doesn't match it and we think he's a great right tackle, I that would probably be my last resort, Judd. <laughs> you know, yep. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't want it now if he told me that there's no other option and okay, you have to do it, but if if you if you said he's better than Cleveland or we feel more comfortable with him doing to Cleveland than I do that, you know? Um, But I would, I would do everything in my power to try to avoid that. And if, if you're without reef, I would almost wait and see if there's any veterans that get cut, Um,
1: which there will be,
0: which there will be. Yeah. That that may, you know, but again, like if they get cut, I mean, how much, what is the difference in money for what you could pay them to what you'd be paying reef? You know, I mean, um, but I I think I would probably look at other options before I would say I agree with that. Let let's move O'Neill over there.
1: Yeah, and I I think that you bring up what's going to be the most interesting point of this entire process, and that is is not the current market of players who are going to hit it, but the amount of people in the next uh, couple of days before the uh, league year hits next Wednesday that are going to be released. And they're yeah, and they're going to have to and they're going to have to go get jobs quickly because I think there's there's going to be so much to give and that's going to be it. So if you're not a star player, like let's just say you're a solid player and you balk and balk and balk, I think that it's going to be a baseball thing where you could be sitting out there a really long time. Yeah. and it could get really concerning.
0: Yeah, because there's, I mean, it's it, it's. I mean, the cap is lower. I mean, there's no. This is not like, ah, oh, we'll just wait for baseball to panic and, you know, give us a country. Well, no, it's like that, that, that number is not moving. And so um, it'll be interesting to see, like, what the deals like Eric Wilson get, you know, or Anthony Harris. You know, what kind of deals are those guys going to, you know, good, you know, established kind of guys who are not stars? Uh, I got to imagine they're not going to make as much as they probably thought they were, right? No. The money's just not there. No. Nope. So you will be able to get um, established veterans for prices that you probably wouldn't otherwise, I would guess. Yes. And so that's where... I agree with that. That's where I think you can plug holes, um, immediate holes. I'm, I'm thinking cornerback, you mm-hmm. know. Um, I think they're going to be able to find a cornerback that gets cut because he makes too much money that you're going to be able to get on a deal that you wouldn't otherwise be able to do.
1: I agree with that. Yep. And, and they're... I also think that we are going to see a for-sure situation of positional value is going to be determined quickly. For instance, yeah. there's a lot of safeties who are going to be out there. Like, there's a lot of safeties. And safety's mm-hmm. important, don't get me wrong. But it's not a position of, oh, my God, we've got to pay that guy because he is a shutdown safety, right? Running yeah. backs. Like, I, I think that this is going to be a market where we definitely see some pretty good players have to have to take shorter and probably not nearly as lucrative deals, not because they're not good, but because they play the wrong spot.
0: So, yeah, and Judd, so opening day next year, um, or no, opening day 2021, do you think when we look at the rosters, it's going to be a case of veterans who got released and took pay cuts, substantial pay cuts to latch on somewhere else, or a lot more rookies making the team? across the league, or both?
1: I think it's going to be both. I think it's going to be both. But I, I think the smart veterans who are just solid players are going to jump at deals that that you, what you said are going to be considered to be extremely favorable for the teams.
0: Yeah. Uh, they're, well, yeah, just to stay in the league. Cause, I mean, absolutely. If you sit out, you're done, probably. I mean, you're not going to... You know, once you're gone, you're gone. It, it's you're not going to sit out at, at over money and then think you're going to jump back in the next year if the cap goes up. So, um, yeah, that's why I think there will be a rush for those guys to to find jobs quickly. And so it's going to be interesting to see how, you know, Spielman and uh, – did they fill uh, George Payton's job yet? Who's doing that? I mean, cause that's, that's – I don't pretty, think they have. That's a pretty important role, I think, behind the scenes that – he did a lot of work in terms of evaluations. So, um, yeah, I've not seen a,
1: a, an official announcement about a replacement. I'm I'm sure that there's people that are backfilling for him, but I don't think yeah. that there is an assistant GM in place right now.
0: Yeah, So but, I mean, I think that's where they're going to be able to, you know, patch some holes, whether it's, I mean, case in point, Stephen Weatherly, you know. Yep. I mean, they got that done quick. I mean, that's a guy who, you know realize he's got to find a job quick, probably, and went to a place he's comfortable with. He's so not, there might be a lot of guys going back to the places they played on, on lesser deals or whatever, you know, just to, to get a job.
1: Hey, Chipper, what do you think that they are ultimately going to do about Kirk's contract, especially if Kirk's told him that he's not going to rework the current contract? I don't what think do you, he can do anything.
0: What do you do about that?
1: But, I mean, it's... You it's let it
0: play out and then get rid of him. Thir- I mean, I don't, 31
1: mil for 2021, but more importantly... Forty five, yeah. And I don't think the cap I don't think the cap is going to I think the cap is going to adjust um in a big way with the T V deals for two thousand twenty three. So I think it's gonna go really high in twenty three. But I don't know that it's going to necessarily jump, you know, an absolute ton between twenty one and twenty two. And that's where Kirk's got you unless unless he is amenable to doing something different with the contract.
0: Yeah, and maybe you know, maybe you explore that during the season. You know, to to find out because I mean you do not want him having that forty five million dollars hit. Um,
1: three days into this, into uh, three days after Wednesday, that contract is uh, oh, yes, the, the, guaranteed.
0: Yeah. Chip, so it's like next Friday that thing com- becomes guaranteed, right? Yep. Uh-huh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I like the pause. I like the dramatic pause. I, I don't know what you do. <laughs> I, I love your no dramatic idea.
0: pause. I mean, what you, I mean, I do What can you do? What can you do? Um, I've. Um, I mean, trade him. I, don't, I mean, that's the only thing I can think of. Well, yeah, but if uh, you're going to
1: trade them, you trade them now because
0: yeah,
1: because you can't. Here, here's the problem. You, I believe that the cap hit after 2021 would be 10 mil. So it's not. So yeah. the dead cash would be $10 yeah. mil, million, dollars, which is not that bad. The problem is the contract's guaranteed, and yeah. so the Wilfs would have to pay it or yeah, most of it. So I can't see the Wilfs. I can't see Rick going to the Wilfs. And saying, "Yeah, we've decided to move on, but you have to write this man a, you know, bleeping huge last year of his salary." So that's sort yeah. of the problem.
0: Yeah, no, I think you're. I think you're just stuck, and you write it out, and then start over when he's done. You know, um, I I just don't know how you get around it. And I and and I mean, if you, I don't think he's going to renegotiate. Do you?
1: Sounds like he's not.
0: I mean it sounds so, it sounds
1: like he he wants to play the third year out in two thousand twenty two and then hit the market one more time because he will get paid probably
0: yeah, I won't be but here he yeah, I mean where're you know depending on how the next two years go, but I mean um he probably has another payday coming sure yeah if he if he if he has a comparable two years as he's had here you know last couple of years, somebody would pay him for sure um and that's going to be such a big percentage of that um of that salary cap man it's like geez, it just it just absolutely limits what you can do elsewhere oh yeah um, big time that's what he said what uh, a quarterback on a rookie deal is the best thing going in sports right because you can you can devote that money all around him and you Bengals getting by it. chip
1: yeah the Bengals are going to build a really good line for Joe Burrow because Burrow, who's very, very good, is not being paid yet.
0: Now, typically, a lot of times, uh, if you have a quarterback on a rookie deal that's a high-profile guy like that, your team's terrible, so you have a lot of holes to fill and getting free agents to come there. Now, money talks. If you, you know, Most guys are going to take the most money, even if you're going to a bad team. But, um, yeah, if you're the Bengals and you have that guy on that contract, heck, yeah. you got a lot of money to spend else- elsewhere, and, and hopefully you can build around them, you know?
1: Last thing, do, do you have Wild Fever yet, Chip Scoggins?
0: I do, man. I love have watching you caught Wild Fever. I actually watch games start to finish now, which I in the last couple of years I really struggled to do because I just <laughs> honestly, unless I was covering them, Judge, I just found the product boring. Yep. Like I didn't the game the the team is the same old guys, the same style of play. They they just it, it wasn't an entertaining style in. You know, I wouldn't say I'm a diehard hockey guy. That you know, watching the game, I'm just not. Um, this team's fun. I mean, they are the way they play. You know, Kaprizov every time he hits the ice, I'm. You, it's amazing. He reminds me of of Gabby uh, Gabbert because when I covered him on the when we covered him that year, remember when he would come roaring down the wing, you know, full you know full stride. Hard, I mean, you kind of went to the edge of your seat because you're waiting for him to do something pretty spectacular. Yep. Free that same type of guy. Like, you can't take your ass off him. Um, but even like that the other night, Fiala's goal, where he just, you know, skates in and does that quick wrist shot. Oh, and the snapshot. Yeah, it was gorgeous. That thing was beautiful. Yep. So, uh, you know, and now you got a rookie goaltender that's playing well, and he looks like your future. And um, I think Billy Guerin's got something. It sounds like they've replenished the prospect pool. To a large degree, too, right? Yes, they've done um, a much better job, and so I mean, you got some guys down there that uh, people are excited about. So I think Garen is doing it the right way, and I don't say they they didn't care if they won this year, but I don't think that that was like, are we got to playoffs or this thing's been just, no. It's it's hey, let's get these young guys, the chemistry going. Let's, let's let them grow and develop. And if you can win, that's sort of an added bonus. Uh But this team's better than I thought it was going to be, you know, because there's just so many young guys you didn't know kind of what they were going to do. Absolutely. Um, But they're fun. Yeah, I mean, they absolutely look like a team that could, you know, be in the playoffs and um, not say they're going to go win the cup, but I'm just saying that they don't look overmatched or um, their lack of center that we all worried about has not been – the detriment that I thought it was going to be,
1: and I think it ultimately will be, but I think that they're going to solve it eventually. And and mm-hmm. what I like, what I like is watching this team. You can see where it's going, and it's positive. Yes. Which for a 100%. long time you could not say. And can you believe that we now cover a wild team that made Zach Parisi a healthy scratch? I, I mean, that well, is that is a new era.
0: Good for them. I mean, yep. they, that, that was them saying, "Hey." We don't care who you are. This is how it's going to be done. And um, I credit them. I credit, you know, Dean and and Garen, that I think is, is, I'm sure is both of them that collaborate on it. But um, the thing that's cool about when you watch him is like, look at how good Kaprizov is right now. And then you think, man, imagine this guy like four years now. Mm -hmm. You know, how good he can be. Or Fiala, when he, you know, rounds out some of the rough spots in his game. Um, The goalie looks like he's you know, really legit and just, it, you know, like you said, it makes sense. Like, and I've said this a number of times on the podcast, like when I, when I look at the Timberwolves, <laughs> yes, it doesn't make sense. Like, okay, where's this going? Right. You know, like what, what is the, I look three years down the line. And I have no idea what it looks like right. like this. When you look at the wild three years down the line, you're like, you know, what? it could be pretty dang good with the, with the young nucleus that they have.
1: This is a plan. Like this plan, yeah. this plan, it, it's not done yet, but you can see it. Yeah. And the wolves, you're like, okay, you got cat, but what's the plan? And you have no yeah. clue. Yeah. It, it, so that's discouraging. This is, and I mean, this is the first time in a long time that you could say this about the wild. This is encouraging. And it felt like a, for a long time that this uh, franchise was more in quicksand ship. And you just felt like, okay, you're, you're slowly drowning and it's just well, not going to improve.
0: You the thing is, is like they were a playoff team, but you just could see their ceiling, yeah. and it was not a high ceiling. It's not like you watch these guys and you're like, okay, they're a good team and they're good enough to get to the playoffs, but it's really just kind of that's where their ceiling is. They're they're not equipped to do much more than that. Whereas with the Wild now, with these young guys and the speed that they play at, I'm not saying they're going to be a playoff team this year, but you could see a pretty high ceiling with this group that it's building towards something, you know, more than just, Oh, let's just squeak into the playoffs and feel good that we got there. No, I think, I think they're building towards something more than that.
1: All right, sir. Appreciate it. Talk to you next week. Okay. All right, brother. We'll Uh, see you. All right.
0: Bye-bye. Whether it's Baker's simple truth, Turkey or Mac and cheese with Murray's English cheddar.